Have you ever felt closed in by the walls of frustration, stuck in the tides of despair, just surrounded by a sense of frustration? Hello? All you need is love. Have you ever been looking for a focal point for your life, a sense of family, a better understanding of home and friendship? Hello? All you need is love. Have you ever wanted to have hope and rise above the frustrations of life, be inspired, transformed? Hello? All you need is love. We're so thankful, boys and girls, for your being here today. And we're so thankful for your incredible music. And that's all we have for you today. So thank you for being here. The program is over. We are so thankful for you and for your gift. And we're thankful for the gift of music. In a way, music is kind of magic. And before Daniel sits down, he's going to illustrate part of what you've already shared with us today. And by the way, you sang to us in three different, well, actually four different languages, English, but also the African dialect, Kosa, Latin, and Hebrew. So not only are you learning great music, you're learning great languages. So well done and thank you. Music is magic. And part of what you all expressed to us and allowed us to experience is the fact that you can create for us a sense of emotion. A major chord, you're learning how to read music, and you know that a major chord sort of conveys a sense of hope and happiness. But there's another chord, there are lots of chords, but there's another type of chord called a minor chord. It's a little sad. Happy chord? Sad chord. What's crazy about the difference in these two chords is there's only one tiny little note's difference, a half step. So let's put this on our faces together. Happy chord with a happy face. Sad chord with a sad face. It's just one little half step. Daniel Solberg, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Another incredible musician. Music is magic because just with a slight shift of tone, one little half step, one note, we can shift from being sad to feeling a little better, a little happier, a little more hopeful. Wouldn't it be great if life were like that? Sadly, especially on the heels of a pandemic, we've discovered that there is kind of this perspective that it's a little more difficult to switch our emotions like we can change chords. Most of us know that it was difficult, still is sometimes difficult. In fact, many of us have become painfully aware that we're surrounded right now by a mental health crisis where lots of us are struggling with sadness, anxiety, all kinds of emotions that we wish we could control better, but we're having problems and trouble doing it. So one of the many things the Bible takes seriously, and one of the things that we have to be honest about, is life can be very difficult. And it's not like just flipping a switch to say, oh, let's just feel better today. 
So let's take seriously and be honest about this is hard. And part of what all of us need is this a community of others in our lives who can help us in those times of trouble and discouragement and sadness. The Bible is also very honest. If you read the Psalms, you realize about a third of them really describe what feels like people experiencing deep sadness, maybe what we would even call depression. And how to deal with this and the the Old Testament passage we read from the Psalms a little while ago, the power of God's steadfast love and helping us in these difficult, tough times. Well, let's shift for a moment into our New Testament and remind ourselves of this biblical perspective uh, Theron read just a moment ago about the power of love in the context of two other parts of our Christian experience, faith and hope. Faith, hope, and love, these three, they abide. They, they connect us up with eternity. They're sacred in and of themselves. But the greatest of these, this passage says, is love. Earlier in the passage, uh, this apostle Paul, the guy who, who wrote this very important 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, said this, you may have all the money and power in the world, You may be looked upon by others with incredible popularity. You may be super important. But if you don't have love, you're nothing more than just a clanging gong or a ringing cymbal. In other words, where I come from in Tennessee, you would say, you ain't got nothing. And you ain't nobody. If you don't have love, you have nothing. So let's for a moment just take seriously this incredible, what we could call today even superpower available to us called love. Another part of the Bible in one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is confronted by a guy very much like us who was wondering, how do I get my life together? How do I make it all work out? The way he worded it was, uh, how do I inherit eternal life? Now, what he meant by that could have been a lot of different things. He could have meant, how do I make things work together right now in the present? He may have been talking about in the future, how do I make it to to heaven or experience some kind of glorious afterlife? But the way Jesus dealt with this question is very interesting. First of all, he turned around the question and asked a question to the guy. What do you know about what the scriptures say? And so, interestingly, this guy quoted from the Old Testament, the Hebrew that you all were singing from just a little while ago, the power of this Jewish tradition that took seriously this emotion, this superpower of love. This first quote that this man gives to Jesus is from a book called Deuteronomy in the Hebrew Scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Let's do that, those motions together. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay, you ready? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. In other words, love God with all of your feelings. Love God with all of your thoughts. Love God with all of who you are. And love God with all of your strength and how you interact physically with the world. And then he quoted from another part of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, called Leviticus. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
And here's Jesus' response to what this man said. You're exactly right. If you do this, you will come alive. In other words, it's not just a matter of something pie in the sky by and by when we die. It is right here and now. If you do this, if you can figure this out, how to love God with everything you are and have, how to love your neighbor as you love yourself, you will come alive. You'll get it. Now, let's talk about this from the last to the first. Love God with everything you are and everything you have. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's talk about loving yourself, loving others, and loving God. Loving yourself. This sounds easy. But I can tell you as a pastor, having done this for many, many years, this is one of the most difficult things that any of us do in our lives. Loving ourselves. Now, we don't realize that because we're walking around looking at other people and they look good, they dress nicely, they're interacting in ways that look so cool and like they've got it all together. But I can tell you a lot of those folks that seem like they've got it all together come to those of us in the ministry at various times saying, my life is a mess. Uh, I'm really struggling. And the, the power of being in a place like this looking out on a group like together today, on a given Sunday, I know in our sanctuary, about 30% of the folks in the sanctuary are struggling mightily with health problems, um, mental, emotional, spiritual issues that are terrifying, but they're looking around at other people thinking everybody's fine, when in fact, a lot of us are struggling. So this is the superpower that the Bible lifts up for us, that Jesus wants to remind us, if you can figure this out, how to love God with everything you are and everything you have, love your neighbor as you love yourself, you will come alive. Loving ourselves, this is a grounding principle in our lives. We can't just flip a switch like with a major chord or a minor chord and make everything better as we'd like to. In fact, what we need is a community of folks around us to remind us, to affirm us, to interact with us. Loving others can be this affirming reminder. God has made me special. How do I know that? Because the person I'm with looks at me with eyes of compassion and concern and love. And when I'm not feeling good about myself, I can look at that person and be reminded I'm okay in spite of my struggles. Boys and girls in school, sometimes social media, it can be cruel, hard, a terrible place sometimes where uh, in our workplaces, uh, at, in our neighborhoods, at the city council meeting, uh, all these different places in our lives, it can be hard, it can be a struggle, especially right now with all the divisiveness in our society. It's incumbent upon us to figure out how do I love myself so that I can be loving others, giving grace to others, recognizing and seeing in others the same kind of foibles and mistakes and difficulties in their lives that I have in my life and recognize it's okay and I can love them because they're just like I am, struggling with issues I may not completely understand. We are grounded, should be grounded by this sense of 
self-love. Not that we create ourselves, and this is where it becomes this fascinating positive feedback loop. How does this happen? Well, this love is made available to us not because we invent it, not because we just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to love myself. It's this superpower that God allows us to participate in. God's love is among us, with us, around us, in us if we will wake up to it and claim it. And this is the power that we have among us. And to be able to remind each other of that in those hard, difficult days, this love of God that is, in our Christian terminology, we can say the saving love of God. Not so much that we're being saved from something, although there are plenty of times where I need to be saved from my own selfishness and foolishness and pettiness and simple-mindedness. But the beauty in the Christian faith that we share is that we can be saved to something. We can be saved to being more compassionate, forgiving, gracious, more thankful. We can be better people because not out of our own strength or wisdom, but because we can be participants in God's love, moving in us, through us, around us, among us. And the recognition that we need each other to experience that. Most of all, together, we need to acknowledge God's love, this superpower that every single one of us has available to us if we can be awakened to the fact that it is within us, around us, and among us. Thanks be to God for this great gift of love. Amen.